Welcome. Hello, guys. What's up, y'all? It's us, the elders of back. the chamber. Coming back at you with three fresh topics. Yeah, yes, in the chamber of the elders, the podcast. We've reloaded the chamber. Yes, the, chamber's, the chamber's quite warm today, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, it's much. very hot summery in Old day. Britain, in Old Yorkshire. I am Elder Parr. I'm Elder Haig. And I'm Elder Steve. And uh, today, or tonight, I don't know when you're listening to this, uh, we're going to take you through a uh, nice journey through some little little topics. There's going to be some facts and some figures, maybe. There'll be some whimsy. Whimsy, oh, for sure. Plenty of whimsy. Plenty of whimsy. And if you're lucky, don't you worry. Some buckets. wit. Buckets of wit. Buckets full. <laughs> Should we roll, roll the die? But wait, before we oh, roll wait. the die... Oh, El- Elder Parr has a special announcement. Oh, I didn't know about this. Pavement. Oh, right, yes, I did know about this. My favourite band of all time. They're getting back together. They're doing some shows in Spain uh, and Portugal, I believe. Uh, and it's the only shows globally for the entire year of 2020. And I'm going to get tickets and see Pavement, finally. My dream come true. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. As yep. has been foretold. As has been foretold. And if you want to know more about Pavement, listeners, we have a we have an episode about Pavement in season one. Episode fourteen. It's Pavement, Spartacus, and T. That was a good episode. Now that's an example. If you're a new listener, uh, li- listener, 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 I would turn into Sean Connery. Listen here, anyone. But yes, that's a good example of the kind of eclectic, mad, random topics we string together. I'm, I'm a fan of the artwork I did for that one as well. That's my favourite artwork. I'm particularly artwork. proud of that one. That's my favourite artwork, I think. Yes. I, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So check that out, listeners. Anyway, into the meat of the podcast. We, the we've podcast just broken pie. through the pastry on top. And here comes the meat. Number one, it is I. And Steve-O, what is your topic? It is... Matthew, you, you sent me this. Yes, I did. And it is Matthew. Yes, a fellow Matthew. Right, what is that? Some the little pop. Yeah, it's three times it's happened now. I thought it was this, but it's not. It happened three times. That's the first time I've noticed it. Second time for me. What could it be? Any of the wires. Oh, oh. sounded like that first one. Yeah, which means I've probably just pushed it in far enough. Still recording. Okay, right. Now this time, let's definitely cut this out before we put it online. Yeah, okay. Where were we? Make a note. Make also, I'm still in a car. <laughs> well, you don't clap there and then like... Why well, do you get a pen? Do oh. you? Uh, you can see a pen? Or have I'm a pen? I'm in a car. Have a pen. <laughs> What the fuck is the pen? Where the fuck that pen at? We're definitely gonna cut out this entire thing. I don't know. I feel like we should leave it now. No. Just because I've said This is a dark book behind the curtain, mate. This is a dark book behind the curtain. Honestly, because I've listened to quite a lot of podcasts now. Is everyone like, oh, let's leave it in? Yeah, there's always so many bits that are like, ah, we'll cut this bit out. Lol. <laughs> or like, you know, because you haven't cut it out, so it's funny. Arseholes. No, but this will be even funnier because you're, you're so adamantly against it. For fuck's like, sake. I have like, <laughs> I have like four pen <laughs> lids. <but no> <laughs> you're proper rooting through your bag there, mate. <laughs> that pen. 
Right, I don't have oh a pen. Oh my god. Here's a fucking pen. Jesus Christ. Can't find a pen. I'm fucking eating carrots. <laughs> it's it's, it's no. like when you wander backstage and you see all the makeup coming off and it's like, ah. At what? The fucking drag queen show? Maybe. I was thinking like a kid crying because I don't know, his like favourite character is not real. Or a kid crying because he's seen the drag queen take her makeup <laughs> off. Oh. <laughs> that was a guy. I don't know why I've gone there. Well, I haven't heard the pop in a while, so I think we fixed it. Well done. All right. Now, Ser- seriously, let's cut that. Now I'm gonna. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> out. All right. Now I'm gonna clap. Okay. Yes, Matthew McConaughey is my Indeed. subject today. A fellow Matthew. Mm. Is that why you chose the subject for him? Because I Matthew? don't. I don't know if I have a particular affinity for him because he shares my first name. I just. I am a fan of a lot of his work recently. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, born 4th of November, 1969. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I figured him, I'd do that straight away. Makes him 49 years old. 49. Well, in um, 20 years, yeah. he'll be 69. And we'll revisit him on the podcast yeah. in, we'll like, say, season 22. And we'll say, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. All right. He, I like his meme qualities. Yes. Let's just say that, that influenced my pick. Born in, uh, what state do you think he was born in? Oh, God. Is it Texas? Joe, you want to hazard a guess? Uh, it's definitely a southern state, isn't it? I'm thinking it's probably Texas as well, but just to be different from Matt, I'm going to say, like, Missouri. Ah, uh, it was Olvare, Texas. Yeah, 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 I thought it was Texas. Because all the Texans live in. Mm. And he plays, you know, that Texan guy in Dallas Buyers Club, which is a great film. But yeah. which we will get on to later, I'm Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, McConaughey's father was an oil pipeline supplier. He's uh, proper. And almost played for Seven. the NFL, being drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 1953, but was let go and never played an official game. Oh, gutted. Yeah, unlucky. So many people like that. So many people in wrestling like that. Who were nearly big stars. Or... Yeah, no, or, or... who, who like, basically were like signed to a team but never played a game. Like Roman Reigns, I think, was like signed to like an NFL team but like never played. Yeah. Or ah. something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, the wages for a bit, though, I'm sure. Oh, God, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, his parents unfortunately divorced when he was young, but then they got back together. Hey! But then they divorced again. Oh. But then they got back together. Hey! <laughs> and they stayed together. Uh, Yay! <laughs> his brother, Michael Rooster McConaughey, Fuck off. not his official middle name, just oh, a okay, all right, is a self made millionaire who stars in TV shows West Texas Inventors Club, uh, sorry, West Texas Investors Club. And Rooster and Butch. Rooster and Butch. Wait, are you telling me that this guy is a millionaire and he goes by the name Rooster? Rooster yeah. McConaughey. Rooster McConaughey. Oh my good what, God. Why is he a millionaire? I don't know. I, that's all. I didn't research him. Yeah, fair. But he seems to be a self-made millionaire. Maybe he's entrepreneur. Roosters. Entrepreneur. If he's an investor, I can imagine him as one of the Dragon's Den guys where... Yeah, that's what I thought you meant yeah. when you brought up. Like some all like right, weird like right, regional right. Texas version of Dragon's <laughs> Den slash Shut Up Tank. Maybe. Uh, his career really started in 1991 after graduating from uh, what's the university? UT Austin. Austin, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, he was in TV commercials first. Uh, one for the Austin American Statesman, which is a magazine. Uh, sorry, newspaper. 
And his first line was, how else am I going to keep up with my horns? And Sorry? A reference to the Texas Longhorns oh, sports team. Okay. <laughs> that, that needed clarification for, you know, a guy like me in, in, who lives in the north of England. Who yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I didn't what? know either. Uh, he was cast in Dazed and Confused quite Amazing. early on in his career. Is that, what, is that like one of his first roles then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that movie was like 93, 94, wasn't it? Yeah. That's a great film. That, that's and that's, really, that's one of his right, most iconic right, right. Yeah. iconic roles. And he's the creepy he guy, is, isn't he? He like, is creepy. Like, the it's the thing I like about high school, high school girls, girls is I get older and they stay the same age. Yeah. Yes, Classic pervert. Do. Like, it's really... Looking back on it, it's really creepy. I think, like, at the yeah. time, though, like, 1993, it was played a bit like... Oh, you. Yeah. Like, he's actually a bit cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the kids in the movie, like, look up to him. There's, I, I don't remember any, like, moment in the film where, like, someone goes, like, that guy's such a creep or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think there might be a reference to, like, him, like, why is he, like, 26 but hangs around high school? It's sort of implied, isn't it? It's... It's, well, I mean, it's implied. He's, I mean, look at his moustache. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Just it, the it's a really good performance, though. He's really funny in it. And that was a great film. And, and it was, like, it, like, his first... Yeah, but that's, role. like, the biggest landmark of his early career. Yeah. After that, he was doing like bit parts here and there. Most notably, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. <laughs> oh my God! No, I've seen clips of him in that movie. It looked god awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? The Return, the Return, or something? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, was it's something like that. Uh, That's like the sort of starting up, getting just getting taking any role that he gets, sort of thing. With Days of Confused being like a highlight ooh, of the start of his career. Uh, but then 2000 onwards, getting all the rom-coms, The Wedding Planner, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. He was in The Wedding Planner? That was a big hit, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, that, well, so, but that so was, was his first so image, was wasn't How it? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, like he had some big hits, so he yeah, was yeah. critically well-received. Yeah, like he, he he gets on the rom-com The rom-com circuit. circuit pretty, yeah. The rom-com pretty train. Pretty yeah. Uh, but Choo-choo. even while he was doing that, like earning his big books there, he was doing like low-budget films like Tiptoes uh, oh my Kate god no, sorry. you can't, Can we you can't talk say about Tiptoes without no 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 I, okay so I listened to uh, an episode of that podcast um, How Did This Get Made yes. really good podcast they talk about bad films Tiptoes oh, right. was one of them Tiptoes is a film about like dwarves uh, like a family of dwarves but Matthew McConaughey is like a full grown like twin brother of a dwarf played by Gary Oldman yep on, Gary on Oldman his, is on his knees, oh. on his knees and shit, and like really bad the, CGI the, feet. The trailer's hilarious because it's like featuring Gary Oldman in the role of a lifetime, oh. and then it shows him like on his knees, being like, "Yeah." Do Pete, Peter fucking Dinklage is in this movie? Yeah. Obviously playing a dwarf. He, you know, it's it's like they said Obvi- it in obviously. the podcast. It's a movie about like dwarves can do anything, except apparently have the lead role in a film about <laughs> dwarves because that goes to Gary Oldman on his knees in it. And Matthew McConaughey. Oh my good god! Oh. Well, I didn't know that it was that. I thought it was a film about <laughs> dancing. I forgot he was in it. Yeah, I forgot Matthew McConaughey was in that <laughs> as well. Uh, he was in Two for Money as Al Pacino's gambling mogul protege. Oh, well, you gotta do a film with Pacino. Oh yeah! In two thousand five, he starred in Sahara with oh, Steve Zahn oh, and Penelope Cruz. I've, I've got that sucks. on DVD. Do you know what he did to publicise it? 
Did right, he go, go to the, the Sahara? Sahara? No. He instead of doing the press junket and going around all the interviews, he decided to sail down the Amazon and then trek That's... to Mali. What? Alright, yeah, whatever. It's sort of like an adventure movie. Yeah. And in the and in the next and in that year he was named People magazine's uh, sexiest man alive. Good it's for all him. coming together for yeah. him, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean he doesn't need Oscars if he had a sexiest man yeah. alive. Two thousand six he was in a rom com failure to launch with Sarah Jessica Parker. Don't remember that one. Nope. I like Sarah Jessica Parker. There, there, there. I I struggled with it as well. She gets a lot of hate, but I, I think she's quite good. That movie sucked though as well. Why have I seen so many of these movies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in he replaced Owen Wilson in Tropic Thunder. Wow! Oh, Tropic Thunder. To be Owen he, that's the film that put him on my radar. Mm. That was, I like, think, how he's his, the agent. That was one of his first films in like a while that was not utter horseshit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was the, a small role, but he a, killed it in that film. A brief really good. foreshadowing of the reconnaissance. Well, it's, <laughs> well, you say that, but I think this is even more indicative of that. In two thousand eight, he became the national radio spokesman for Beef. It's what's for dinner. Uh, what? What? Then he was the national spokesman for beef. It's what's for dinner. What, what, what <laughs> sort of campaign's that? Who who's behind that? The National Council of Beef. I don't know. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know I love my steak. In twenty, uh, so like then his career sort of took a hit. Um, Basically, let me get it up in his own words. What, no more uh, he, Well, he began to realise that his, <laughs> his lifestyle of living on the beach, running with his shirt off and doing romantic comedies, like he was doing ultraman. That's what he did with his time. spare time. Yeah, he yeah. ran around on the beach with his shirt off. Yeah. To that train doesn't for these... surprise me in the slightest. Well, he's, he, does, yeah. he does ultramarathons. So. Oh, does he? That's the shit where you like, it lasts like 12 days and stuff, doesn't it? And you like do it through like the desert. Yeah, yeah. That's silly. I would not like to do that. I don't know about you guys. Would you do an ultra would marathon? I, not in my current physical condition as an average person. I guess it would be horrible. But if you had like two years to train, would you want to do it? Uh, Yeah, sure. Really? That was quite quick to... Alright, let's get to it then. After this podcast, we'll get you on the diet and train. Yeah, okay. Alright. Well, while you're doing that, let me read you this quote from Matthew McConaughey. Please do. Said, uh, I can't do the voice, so I'm just going to say it. Mine. Fair. Uh, I got to feeling like, for a few years, uh, I was doing something that I like to do with the romantic comedies and the action films. Uh, but believe me, I noticed there were things that were not coming in. And if they were not coming in, it was a, and if they were coming in, it was an independent film with a much smaller paycheck and nobody really getting behind them. Uh, but I knew I could say no to the things I've been doing, as in the rom-coms and the action films. But work was going to dry up for a while, a year, year and a half, uh, two years, and then all of a sudden, uh, he became a good. I became a good new idea for good directors, and it's true. If you look at his filmography, he didn't appear in anything from two thousand nine to two thousand eleven. Oh wow! Playing the game. Was he so, just running that entire? Well, time? he was just no, no. <laughs> probably working on his acting. And... Yeah, but he was just like, no, I'm not going to do the rom coms anymore. I'm not going to do that. Wait for someone. To offer me something good that's not yeah. a rom-com. And then 2011, what did he start, what did he start doing? Uh, well, the biggest one uh, would be Magic Mike. <laughs> oh my good God. I, I, I've I, not seen Magic Mike. I didn't, I didn't realise he was in it. Yeah, yeah. But he's like the co-star alongside Channing Tatum. 
Channing Tatum's such a funny name. Channing. He was... Uh, Channing. Yeah, come on, no one ever questions that, do they? Channing. Yeah, yeah it's Channing. a hard name. Tatum. Yeah, the, the Ghosts of Girlfriends Past was the... <laughs> film he did in 2009 and then the last one the next one after that was the lincoln oh, lawyer god the ghosts of god that that oh god that I'm so that would must have been the straw that broke the camel's back and I'm he was like sure no I'm, more I'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen that as well what is why is that with uma Thurman? uh let me check the ghosts of girlfriends past it doesn't What's look that like about? uma Thurman. okay fair enough i think i'm thinking while of... attending his brother's wedding a serial womanizer is haunted by the ghost of his gas of his past girlfriends Oh, that sounds horrible. Let's move to the good stuff. Let's move to the good stuff. Yeah, let's let's shift on but over Michael into Douglas the in good. There. Michael Douglas, uh, Lincoln Lawyer. He was that was his one that he broke back into the scene with. Vaguely remember. Uh, that. And in 2012, he was invited to join the Academy. Oh, that's nice of them. Uh, 2013, he was Ron Woodford in Dallas Buyers Club. Really good film. He yes. lost 50 pounds or 22 kilograms Bit of to a do the role. Act. Yeah, won three wow. won yeah. three awards, including the Best Actor Oscar. Then 2014... Wait, he, he won that award? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because right. he plays the guy who gets aged. Jar- Jared Leto won the Best Supporting Actor as yeah, well, yeah. didn't he? That was a big film. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, really no, I've good. seen it. Oh, you have seen it. I was saying, for the people who don't know what it's about, Matthew McConaughey is like a southern dude, isn't he? It's like a Texan who catches AIDS. Yeah. And he has to go on a journey of self-discovery and drop a lot of his prejudices prejudices yeah because yeah, until it's then he was like a homophobe and blah blah, yeah. blah blah it's a very good film watch it uh then 2014 he was named in times 100 most influential people in the world wow he was the voice became the voice of the lincoln motor company which is hilarious those adverts they're yeah great. they are great he was in hbo's true detective massive so good still the best season of it and that was the same year that journalist rachel smy coined the phrase the McConaissance. Yeah. That's such a good tip. And then he was in Interstellar in the same year as well. Which is another. Still not seen. Actually. Great film. The only Blu-ray I've got. I've not seen it either. You only have... Why do you only... What? And I got it for free. Oh, okay. Long story. Have you got it here? Yeah. Can I borrow it? Yeah. Cool. Hooray. Uh, and then his career, in my opinion, started to have a bit of a downturn. Oh, has he got... Dark Tower. 20, this is 2017. Oh, Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Dark, Dark Tower, the big wet panned. fart. That's fair. But All I the King, Rick. King fans were really mad. What? White Boy Rick was his next film. The fuck is White Boy Rick? Uh, let me get up the quick synopsis that it has on here. Uh, Does he play, like, a racist or, like... Uh, I'd uh, say with Dark Tower, though, that was at least a, a chance. Like, because it's like, it's not, it did turn out bad, but it could have been really good. Didn't they try to, like, like, distill the entire saga into, like, one, like, two-hour film or something? It's like a weird sequel, non-sequel retelling that that condenses bits of various books into one. Oh, wow. White Boy Rick is the story of a teenage Richard Wershey Jr., who became an undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s and was ultimately arrested for drug trafficking and sentenced to life in prison. What? But if he was working... What? Was it bad? I don't know. Uh, it was mixed responses from the critics. Uh, but then he was in the erotic thriller Serenity, which was panned. Ooh, and erotic? He was just been in the comedy with uh, Zac Efron and Jonah Hill, The Beach Bum, in which he plays a beach bum who lives by his own rules and is a cool surfer dude. Jonah Hill? And that's got 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. I still kind of... Want to watch it though? 
That yeah. sounds kind of that sounds kind of funny. I like I really like Jonah Hill. I don't know that about you. Yeah, guys. yeah. Uh, notable people that he's dated include Penelope Cruz, Sandra Bullock. Oh, I'm jealous. And Penelope then uh, Cruz is Camilla beautiful. Alves, who ended who ended up marrying in 2012, and has oh. three children with. Oh, that's nice. He rescued pets from New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Oh. Um, he went into the flooded zones and rescued pets. Wow. And he's a lecturer at UT Austin where he got where he studied. And his course Seriously? his course has no fees and uh, you don't have to attend. But I'm assuming it's packed out every week because why would you not? Of course. What is it? What does he it's, teach? Uh, it, well, the first one was about the uh, making of the film. Which one was it? Free State of Jones, like, and he would talk to him through the whole process. And, yeah. Free State of Jones. Oh, that'd be yeah. interesting. That one. That sounds weird. Uh, it's a weird title. Yeah, and uh, he's got uh, the Just Keep Living Foundation. That's living without a G. Of course. Is he trying to find the source of immortality? Or <laughs> no, it's dedicated to helping teenage kids lead active lives and make healthy choices to become great men and women. Just keep living, man. Oh, it really sounded like a sort of Samaritan's thing. Like, you know, anti-suicide. Oh, no. Just, just keep, keep living. That'd be great, though, if you were, like, on the brink of suicide and then you rang up and it was McConaughey on the it's other line. It's going to be like... all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just start crying. Uh, and that's all I've got. What's the, what are your favourite McConaughey films? Um, Film-wise, I, I still like his Tropic Thunder role. Yeah. Tropic... As, the, as the agent. Tropic Thunder is pretty great. Wait a minute, they didn't get you the TV. So... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got you the TV. Probably, you know, probably Days and Confused just because, n- not particularly for like, like, that's not my favourite role of his, but that's my favourite film he's in. Yeah. You know, I really love Richard Linklater, the director. Yeah. I think I think True Detective is his best role. Yeah, for me, that's that's the best thing I've seen him in acting wise, True Detective. Yeah. I've not seen that, but I really like Interstellar. Have you not, seen, not seen it? No, not yet. Oh my dude. What? Him and Woody Harrelson. No, I know. I'm fully aware. Well, I've got that Blu-ray. Oh, well, then we can have a little trade-off. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll watch that, and we'll be back uh, after this. Ooh. Oh, no, we won't. That jingle doesn't exist, apparently. Back after this, then. Hi. You're listening to the Chamber of the Elders. What jingle were you trying to play? I was trying to play the gibberish one. Oh, that's an There you go. We'll re-record it. <laughs> well, we can have another. We'll have another. We'll have two. All right. Oh, treat. Life is life. Life is life. That's that's our that's our that's our most nonsensical one. <laughs> life is life. Life is love. There's nothing even around it. It's just me saying that in a weird voice. You sound like you don't like it. It just doesn't make sense. What do you that mean? You said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't say it as a jingle. You it's guys like... said it and you guys cut that Why out. Why were you saying it? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> we probably talked about bread, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 90% of our jingles are you and 40% of them you don't like. Yeah. Play another so we're, one. We're Can limited. we get one more? <laughs> one more Joey jingle. Spoiling one us. One more Joey jingle. Spoiling us. Oh, wait. Oh, huh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Get out of my house. Right. <laughs> Welcome back. 
And you're listening to Chamber of the Elders. We've done fiddling with the jingles now. Matthew McConaughey has been fucking disgust. The dice playing ball today, number two. Boom. Oh. So it's time to move on it's to something else. Which one of you two sent me this? It was me. I remember it was me because I'm always setting this kind of thing, aren't I? Okay, tell the listeners what you sent me. Atlantis. Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that now. Matt, take us away. Atlantis. The lost city of goddamn Atlantis. The lost city of Atlantis. Yes. Yes. Um, well, um, Atlantis is not a city. <laughs> so, what? Because that's the city of Atlantis. What do you mean? Well, Atlantis is an island, a fictional island that the uh, philosopher Plato came up with and wrote about in a lot of his works. Are you going to discuss fucking Plato now? Well, I, I, have, wanted, I like, have to. Sea monsters. No, I have to. This is Atlantis, You man. said the subject. Plato came up with it. All right. And Atlantis right. literally means island of Atlas. Okay. Atlas, the guy who holds up Earth in ancient the, Greek myth. Yes, he was the titan condemned to hold up the heavens. But it's Is called, it the heavens? I always thought it, he held It's the up heavens. The but it's yeah. often depicted as the Earth. Because they all, all they thought really was... I guess the, the Earth is easier to depict than but the it, heavens. But, it, but um, the first king of Atlantis was called Atlas after Atlas, but it's named after a man who ruled it and started the lineage that, that ruled over Atlantis. Ah, okay. Bearing in mind that this is all a fictional thing that, okay. that Plato came up with. So it, um, in, in his works, he used Atlantis in some of his stories as an allegory on the hubris of nations, you know, because it ended up sinking. Yeah. Um, Plato, if you don't know, I suppose, was an Athenian philosopher during the classical period of ancient Greece. He sure was. Student of Socrates. Fuck yeah. Yes, um, he's famous for, I would say, his most famous like sort of pop philosophy that comes out. Plato is the idea of like a platonic ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his idea of forms and that everything has like an ideal form. Yeah. It's I all, like it's all a bit cave. abstract. And then the cave, of course. The cave. The cave's good. The allegory of the cave, if someone grows up in a cave and that's all they know. How, yeah. How they, they can't, or they can't think. He was very influential. Of course, very influential. He, he, set, he set up the world's first, like, academy of philosophy, basically. Yeah. Uh, but he has some works called Timaeus and uh, Critias, which were supposed to form part of a trilogy with a Hermocrates, but he never got around to writing that third one, and Critias is, in fact, unfinished. Oh, as like an it ancient is. George R. R. Martin. I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah. So in in Timaeus, that it's it's actually a bit freaky as Timaeus because it concerns a lot of metaphysical stuff. It goes into like this idea that reality is made up of four elements because back then the Greeks were a believer that fire, earth, wind, and water were like what oh, made right, up okay. everything. And Plato was in Timaeus, which is written as if it's like an oral account from a man called Timaeus, I believe. Okay, yeah. Um, it starts going on about like how each of those elements has a geometric shape. It's it's almost like he's getting at the idea of atoms and chemical bond, bonds. But what? Yes, so... So, like, air has a shape, fire has a shape. Yeah, they said fire was tetrahedrons, little, uh, air was octahedrons, water was icosahedrons, and earth was a cube. And, and the, in Timaeus, it goes on about how these are the elements. There's a lot more to it than that. The creation of the world soul Ooh. and how, um, properties of the universe. It's like Plato getting a bit freaky. I liked it. Sounds um, pretty crazy. But it, and I, I believe Timaeus does accounts of 
what happens with, uh, at the end of Atlantis. But the the main story of it is can be found in Critias, which is actually the follow-on to Timaeus. Yeah? Because it's not, like, chronological or anything. No. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure about that, though. I couldn't actually find where he wrote the end of the story of Atlantis where he sinks. Like, I couldn't find out which work he put that in. Okay. Maybe I'm just missing something. But it all starts in his work Critias, where he's sort of bigging up the idea of ancient Athens, and he used this a lot, sort of like a uh, quasi-fictional accounting of, like, an ancient Greek civilization called, you know, ancient Athens, and he right. often used this as, like, to, to push his ideals of, like, the the utopian state. Right. Okay. And, and back then, and all the Greek philosophers, they used, like, fictional accounts as a vehicle to deliver their ideas. Because right. that's how it got across to the common man quite quite clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Like, how I themes exactly are embedded in works. This is all. Yes. Back then. So there's ancient Athens, Plato's ideal state, and uh, they ended up warring with Atlantis. Okay. When Atlantis were bad. And they defeated them against all the odds, and it was like to represent that there's the good ideal and the bad ideal, and the yeah. good ideal will always prevail. Because um, they always win this. Yes, but I'll go through like the meat of Critias, which is all the meat of the story, really. So there's Earth, and it's divided up like an allotment, and the gods see to all the have different areas of the earth. Yeah, and they right. tend to the humans like sheep, you know, but they tend to us by persuading us. That's how right, they get okay. to do things. And uh, Greece, uh, of, of all the places back then, was a very lush, dank place to live. You know, It's a dank place very to live. Very fertile. Um, and then uh, like a series of uh, bad events happened over the world. Um, Volcanoes. Duca- Deucalion. Yeah. Deucalion. Who was the son of... Oh, he was the son of one of the titans. He, he did a big flood. It's almost biblical. Oh, right. Flood wait, the, wait, wait. So it, okay, so this is like a god then. Yeah, we're going through Plato's historical, fictional account okay. of, of ancient Athens. Of Atlantis and so stuff. So this is how Atlantis sinks. It's a well, big flood by this Deucalion guy. Well, that, that creates islands, one of them being Atlantis. Oh, which, god, which apparently okay. is bigger than Libya and Asia Minor combined. Strange. Right. Huge. Yeah. People Where is this island meant to be? Well, all he ever said was... Um, Wait, so we're not it's... talking about the lost city of Atlantis, really. According to Plato, it's like the lost continent of Atlantis, pretty much. Well, in a way, all he ever says was, it's beyond the pillars of Hercules. So Hercules and this has inspired could... much pseudo-scientific hunting as to what yeah. pillars of Hercules... Yeah, because people want to actually find this lost civilization. It's not real, though. Why the hell would they actually think Plato knew about... Some... What? Ah, people are silly, aren't they? Go on, Matt. Yeah, okay, so there's a big flood, and Atlantis is an island. There's also Athens. Athens was the ideal place, the Platonic ideal. Yeah. Everyone was virtuous, did everything in moderation, excelled at everything. Except for all the boy rape. Well, yeah, but that was just a given back then. <laughs> Sorry, have I cracked you up, Steve? <laughs> just a, a, yeah. wasn't expecting wasn't it. Wasn't expecting it, yeah. A, a harsh well, snap back to reality. Neither were those boys. Yeah, true. Well, the whole place sinks, so don't worry. Um, we'll wait. use that as a promo. Alright, so this is a very muddled account of this shit. Athens, and then Atlantis, an island as well, that Poseidon has control over. Uh-huh. Atlantis. And he falls in love with a woman called Cleto. They have kids, they're firstborn, they name Atlas, he becomes the ruler of Atlantis. Right. The kingdom. Um, and these wait, people. Atlas does. 
Yes. Oh. Because remember, Atlantis Who's... means Island of Atlas. Yeah. Oh, okay. But okay, he's okay. not the actual Atlas, he's just named after yeah. Atlas. Oh, uh, alright, yeah. Sorry. Go yeah. Um, and then they start civilization on Atlantis, rich in a metal called Orcalcum, made up. Unobtainium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically it's unobtainium. Um, and they, <laughs> but their kingdom is great too. Okay. They were they were a very prosperous people as well until they weren't, and the favor uh, of the gods started diminishing from them, and they they all the bad parts of humanity started seeping into their culture, the warring and greed and and lust and stuff, and in Critias Zeus come pops up and he's like ah, I'm not liking how this is going and then it ends because he never finished it. Ah. Uh. Okay, but it's implied that Zeus. And, and then like... we have the rest of the story. Like I said, I couldn't find where he wrote this, but the gods and Atlantis ends up warring with Athens, and the gods don't favor Atlantis, and it it's so Zeus is so pissed off that he sinks the whole thing. So it's almost like a Sodom and Gomorrah kind of thing, but for the Greeks. A little bit, yeah. People people wonder where Plato got the inspiration for it. Maybe, like you said, from a, there was a big volcanic eruption. Back yeah. then, the, it was called the Thera eruption on an island that pretty much wiped out a civilization. Uh, right. um, there was the idea of the whole the sea people, a uh, civilization that historians haven't quite been able to pin down, but they did a lot of raiding and pillaging uh, of right. Greek communities from the sea. Uh, the Trojan like the War Vikings as well might have men. been an influence, you know, in the whole two yeah. states going to war. Or Plato could have just made, made the whole thing up himself. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, nobody really knows, but that's... Atlantis as it was in history. Ah. But what about Atlantis as like pop culture? The modern idea of Atlantis. Yeah, which we can go on to now. Um, yes, please. Because obviously it's gone a, a bit off the chain this sort of story, yeah. hasn't it, throughout our throughout the world's culture. Did you know there's lots of um well, there's there's lots of books written inspired by this story. Mm-hmm. Loads of them, especially in the Renaissance. Francis Bacon wrote New Atlantis. Oh, wow. About uh, uh uh, like an island off the coast of America in 1627, forming its own society. Okay. Um, there's Thomas More, Utopia. Oh, yeah. Also, you know, heavily inspired by what Plato was getting at here. Um, so from the sort of like high art element of how it's in- infiltrated our culture and the world's culture, before we move on to the more, the more poppy yeah. side of it, I, I find it really interesting because it really is at the artists sort of like it's like they mold Atlantis into whatever they want to be. They yeah. can use it as a parody. They yeah. can use it as like a critique of whatever school of thought they want, you know. Some writers have written it to like critique socialism. Some writers have written it to critique fas- fascism their own versions of the story. Some just use it for like an epic tale, mythological yeah. tale. There's, there's been plenty of it's been twisted and warped mm. into every which way as the idea of Atlantis. Ooh. I see how you mean. This has gotten very interesting. Yeah. The Atlantis thing. Because can you think of any, like, big... Just stuff from, like, Futurama and... Yeah, Futurama. <laughs> yeah, Futurama's the main one that comes to mind. The yeah. Lost City of Atlanta. Oh, and the... Oh, God, the, it's the, Atlanta, isn't it's it? It's Atlanta. Oh. Yeah, that's the last note. I mean, that's a bit of my notes. <laughs> the the uh, Atlantis Disney film. Yes. Oh, God. God, that's where they had the blue gems that powered all their future technology. Interestingly, in that film, that uh, was really crap. Atlantis in that film was more like Aztec inspired. Yeah, which fits into what I was going to say. A lot of uh, Latin writers 
have taken really? up the idea of Atlantis ah. and like South American continent. Um, a lot of works from there in Atlantis it treats it a bit more intimately. Like that's cool. Their yeah. their relationship as a culture with it. I so like it is South worldwide. America. It is Atlantis. Nice. You know, um, humble beginnings. Where um, do you reckon it is, if it is anywhere? Exactly. I was going to ask you this. Where do you think Atlantis is? Ah. People say, like, well, Plato's idea of it would probably be, if it was that big, probably in the Atlantic somewhere. Yeah. West off Africa. Yeah. Makes sense. Like it? where the Canary Islands are. But like that. it can really be whatever you want, can Atlantis. Yeah. This is what I want to get. And it is, t- to many people, whatever they want. Some people, like, properly seek it. And, you know, like conspiracy theorists and oh well they, they'll jump on anything it's like bigfoot but you're looking for an island instead of a person plenty of sci-fi has taken up atlantis yeah yeah um also arthur conan doyle did he wrote a fic- science fiction novel where some people discover atlantis in a, oh. a deep sea diving expedition and it's a ghost town or it's like inhabited I've not read it. Oh. I think it, I think they find the ruins. Oh, okay. Um, there was there was, in nineteen ninety two we had MacGyver, Lost Treasure of Atlantis, <laughs> where MacGyver sets out to to find Atlantis. He managed to raise it to the surface with a paperclip and a balloon. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, we have issue nineteen of Batman, where Batman and Robin discover Atlantis. Uh, they find it's inhabited by an advanced people ruled by an emperor, but the Nazis have also discovered Atlantis and are using it as a Ooh. naval base. Oh, no. But Batman and Robin discover the base and are able to reveal the deception of the Nazis. Hooray! Hey. That's ba- Batman issue 19. That was a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I've never read it, but... No, I'm not, but I mean, your description of it was good. Pl- plenty of people, uh, there's like, um, on the Discovery Channel, there's like, Atlantis Expedition for the Lost City and stuff, you Hell know, where, yeah. where it's like people going out on boats and like, going over old maps and stuff. Yeah. And... Why are people looking after, look, looking for this thing that is like, so... Well, it represents something... It's what it represents. It life, represents yeah. something to everyone, does Atlantis. Like, if you... If you have to look for something that you're never going to find because it doesn't exist, you never have to stop looking. So if looking for things is, like, your thing, you can't do any better than Atlantis, I suppose. It's fulfilment, isn't it? Because you're constantly searching, so you've got something to do. The moment you actually find it, it's like, oh. Yeah. um... No, come on. Hang on a second. If you actually found Atlantis, you wouldn't just be like, oh. Well, you'd no, be you, like, you, oh you'd my God. Obviously, obviously you'd celebrate, but then you'd go home and you'd be like, well, I don't have anything to do. Yeah, you do. Uh, book I've tour. Atlantis now. Yeah, do a book Go, tour. Goddamn yeah, film. Did you know it's Documentary. Uh, in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings universe, there's like an adaption of a version of Atlantis in there. Oh, the really? Silmarillion includes um, the, and this is some Tolkien speak, the Akalabeth of Atalante. Uh, the history of his adaption of Atlantis, known as the island of Numenor, where the Numenorians lived. The Numenorians. Yep. I believe that's where Frodo goes at the end. Oh, really? The western island. Because you know Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is supposed to be set in our world. Yeah, isn't it? Like... It's supposed to be like a history of our ancient earth. Yeah, yeah I remember hearing So he's clearly like just folded Atlantis in. Yeah. Pretty fun. So Frodo goes down with the ship. Yeah, I, you must do. I like Tolkien. Frodo! He lived around here, Tolkien. What, Frodo? 
No, not Frodo. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. He lived up in Headingley. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh. That is exactly... Is there a blue plaque? I hope so. Probably not. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Do you know? No. No. Who knows? Who knows? But no. I don't think we're going to find Atlantis today, boys. No. We will do not season that three. Attitude. That's going to be our season three expedition. That'll be the whole concept. Yeah. That'll be a point five in season three. Yeah. Yeah. We, dis- we discover Atlantis. Search for Atlantis. <laughs> that can be the motion picture, man. That'd be good. Yeah. When we got the funding to do yeah. that. Yeah. To mount our ocean voyage. There you voyage. go. Might not have been what you expected, but... Well, thank you very much, Matthew. Yeah, it was good. Boom. If you are an Atlantan... If you know where the Lost City of Atlantis is... Do contact us at Eldest Chamber, uh, Eldest Chamber at gmail.com. It's at Eldest Chamber on Twitter and on Instagram. Just you know, send us a message. Mm-hmm. We are gonna be hitting F five until you do. Yep. So don't leave us hanging. Please. You're in the chamber. A lot of the short ones today. Yeah. Can we have another one just because it was short? Uh. Really enjoying these stings this week. With... Hi! You're listening to the Chamber of the Elders. <laughs> you see that one just uh-huh. like, scares me. Like. It scares you. You recorded it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the guy in the Hi. background. Da, 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 da. It's like... I have. Uh, I think I have that somewhere. If you just want that. A whole minute of it. Oh, I definitely don't want that. Introduce your topic, Jim. What the? Okay, so this music definitely doesn't go with my topic, but my topic <laughs> this week is Marmite. Who's, who's, stop it! <laughs> the beaver. I mean, that kind of goes with it a bit better. The beaver sting. The beaver's like Why Marmite. Why does the beaver you know? go better? Because they eat you eat marmite, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but beavers don't eat marmite, do they? <laughs> do you think they would? Have you ever seen a beaver eat marmite? No. No. If you want to know more seen about me beavers. Eat marmite? Episode no, two. No, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Now. I'm not going to eat marmite so, in a jar. Steve-O claims he doesn't like marmite. I have with me a marmite sandwich. He actually, oh, has, he, he actually has a little cling film sandwich. He is going to just take a out. fight for the podcast. Because... Oh, this just got interesting. It's... Such a delicious thing, listeners. If you're unfamiliar with Marmite, it is a uh, a British food spread made from yeast extract. <laughs> Steve-O doesn't look happy. It's uh, known to be divisive. We'll get on to all the facts and figures after Steve-O's had I think it's two to one for enjoy, though, because I like it, and you clearly love it. Now, um, get right to the... Uh, I'm ripping the crust off so he can't pussy around. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, is there anything to drink? Uh, there's beer. beer. I've got beer. Then yes, hand me the beer. Thank there you. we go. He's going uh, to do it, the madman. Did you you sent me this topic as well, didn't you? Yeah. Speak? I'll say it while he's mentally preparing himself. I think the classic Marmite design is an iconic little condiment jar. It's oh, a good jar, isn't it? Yeah. Here, mm. we, here we go. Okay. And he's about to take the bite. Delicious! How do you find it, Steve? He's cheering. Ugh. 
No, he doesn't like it. He doesn't no. like it. Not at all. See, ladies and gentlemen, if you're unfamiliar with Marmite, um, so it's, it's a British food spread. It's known for being divisive, okay? There's, there's the Marmite effect, it's called, which yeah. is basically a term for when something is divisive. It's become a journalistic sort of shorthand to denote a divisive thing. Hmm. You know, Unless Boris Johnson is a Marmite politician. You either love him or you hate him because that's where it comes from. That was their famous mm-hmm. tagline. You either love it or you hate it. And but if anyone where... ever tells you that they're a Marmite person, if they're like, oh, well, you either love me or you hate me, you're definitely going to hate them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no person who you end up loving has ever said that. Yeah, if you self-identify as Marmite. Yeah, that's, that's the same kind of way of saying, like, a, if you don't, Love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my oh, best God, or something yeah. or whatever it is. Run. How, how would you describe the taste of Marmite, Joe? Strong. Strong. Salty. Mm-hmm. Yeasty. Bitter. Bitter. Um, Disgusting. Delicious. Mm. Now, get the quiz music ready, Steve, because okay. you know what time it is, listeners. This, isn't, this hasn't happened for a while. No, it's been a while. Oh, wait, that's the bad. That's the wrong one. <laughs> Terrible. Oh no! Oh, it's it. Ah, oh. the momentum screeching to a halt here. I'm sad now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bumbling okay. for the jingle. Well, I've got one. It's labelled quiz bed, so I assumed it was that one. A whole bed of quizzes. Yep. Oh, imagine. Imagine sleeping in a bed made of. Sorry, listeners. Just eating the rest of this marmite sandwich. Steve didn't want. I even I mixed it in well with the butter. Like you put. This is a big thing with Marmite. Don't just like slather a bit of bread with Marmite and then eat it and expect to enjoy it. You have to put it with some butter, like mix it in a bit. Because it's like, it is really strong on its own. If you like spread it on real thick, it's like, you know, a bit overwhelming. Yeah, and we like it, but I'd still put more butter. You you put more butter on that one? No, 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 than most. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I would as well. I don't, I don't have to quit. Okay, oh, well. well, we're going to just have to do it a cappella then. Okay. Right. It's time for the quiz. It's Joey's quiz. Take a look at this. It's time for the quiz. I'm not taking the piss. It's time for the quiz. Oh, yeah. You believe it now. Quiz, quiz, quiz. Quiz, quiz, quiz. Do, 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 do. Okay, so it's time for the quiz. Have you got at least the wrong noise and the right noise buzzers? Yes, I I do have them. All right, so you know how it works, ladies and gentlemen. They either get it right or they get it wrong. It's true, and whoever gets the most right wins. (laughs) It's just pretty much like any other quiz you've ever seen or taken part in ever. Uh, And you contestants, you know how it works. You say so. buzz to buzz in, okay? Yeah. I will not buzz, accept an answer buzz. unless you say buzz first. What if we just blurt out a noise? What noise? Uh. Yeah, that's fine. That's a buzz. So make Bloop. a buzz. You can make a buzzing noise. Make a buzzing noise or what say if, buzz. What if you go, yeah? No. Okay, buzz. Yeah. And you'll either hear this. Buzz. We haven't started yet. Oh, no. So those are the right noise and the wrong noise buzzers. Right, are you ready for question number one? Yes. I've never been more ready. What was the nationality of the person who invented Marmite? Uh, English, German, or French? Uh, German? That was tight, but I think Matt just hit that. 
Old German? You are correct! Yes! So the it man... seemed like more of a German thing than a French thing. Mm. Uh, you didn't think it was an English thing? Well, yeah. I thought that'd be the trick question. Oh, well, there you go. Well, it was uh, invented by a man called Justus von Leibig, a man who is considered the founder of organic chemistry. Oh, oh wow. wow. And also the, farm, the father the of farmer. the... farmer. No, shit. Also the father of the fertilizer industry. And wow. he also basically... No, what? <laughs> he also basically invented Oxo Cubes as well. What? This guy was dope. This guy's off the chain? Yeah. This guy's off the chain, yeah. What's his name again? Justus von Leibig. You... You done. You yeah, done. innit? Right, question number two. You ready? Mm-hmm. What is a Marmite? Or, as in its original French pronunciation, a Marmite? Is it a pot, a place, or a plate? Uh, Steve. A pot. Give yourself the right noise buzzer. Yeah. Right, it's 1-1. One, one. Yes, the Marmite is a pot. It's like a pot that you cook. Uh, sort of... It's got, you use it for braising or making soup or stews and stuff like that. It's French. Uh, there's one on the label of every jar of Marmite. Uh. You look at a jar of Marmite, the spread, obviously, that what we're talking about with this topic is. There's a picture of a Marmite on it. It's like a little French pot. Okay? So that's that's that one. It all on makes it. sense. It all makes sense. So, 1-1. One, one. Uh-huh. Question number three. What is New Zealand's version of Marmite called in New Zealand? Ah, uh, Buzz. Is Buzz. it Vegemite? Nope. Ah. Steve-O, yeah. chance to steal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for something like... Cogners. Uh, or something. Gogners. Yeah. That was a Gog- brave. Gogners. Brave. <laughs> Gog- that Go- was a brave guess. Gogners. Is it correct? Gogners. No, oh. give yourself the wrong noise buzzer. Oh my goodness, it was so wrong. Okay, so you're gonna kick yourselves, or maybe kick me. Please don't kick me. Uh, New Zealand's version of Marmite in New Zealand is called Marmite. I'll explain why this is a thing. Okay. Don't kick, stop kick me. I was just getting kind of Okay, all right. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Basically, shortly after Marmite was founded, like in England, um, New Zealand got like the rights to the name to use in Australasia. Right. Yeah. Like a company in New Zealand did rather. So there's a separate company in New Zealand that makes a product called Marmite that has nothing to do with the company that makes Marmite. In the rest of the is, world. Is it Marmite then? It's basically Marmite. Apparently though, it's a lot sweeter and it's not as strong. Apparently they add like sugar to it. Ah, yeah. This was a thing though, I think it was like 2012 uh, in New Zealand. It was called Marmageddon. But there was a severe shortage. <laughs> no, I, there was a severe shortage of their Marmite. Because there was like a crack in one of the chimneys at like the plant where it's made. Or something. Uh, during an earthquake. So they had to repair that and then start production again. But there was a time when they just ran out. And then, like, the production was, like, delayed for a bit. So it was, like, there was proper no Marmite for anyone for a while. And they were, like, selling Marmite on eBay for, like, 800 New Zealand dollars a jar and stuff. Christ. Jesus Christ. Did no one just import some some of ours and well, try, this is try it bit, for a bit? This is the thing. Um, uh, there's like a bit of a rivalry with Vegemite, which is the Australian version of Marmite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like right the now. New Zealand Prime Minister at the time even referenced it in a speech saying like, oh, might have to give Vegemite a go. 
or something. Yeah. Oh, so, that classic you know. Kiwi wit. So uh, no one got that. I'll give you. This is a bit you can get the New Zealand Marmite in England, uh, in like you know select specialist shops or whatever. I am curious. Uh, it's not called Marmite over here though, obviously because of licensing rights and blah blah blah. Over here it's called NZ Mite. Oh, NZ Mite. I guess that is very direct. Yeah. Um. So. Also, Marmite in Australasia. Uh, is like our version of Marmite. It's not called Marmite. It's called our mate. Our mate. Our mate. Like a mate that belongs to us. Like yeah. our, mate. our mate. So they Which, do have yeah. Marmite and it's called our mate. Yeah. It comes but they from have the, a Marmite. Yeah, they have... Well, in Australia... Over here in Australia, called... they have Vegemite and they also have something called Aussie Mite. And they have... Our mate. Our mate and they have Marmite. And it, what, they live a bit more than us out there, don't they? Yeah, they have like four different varieties. It's crazy. I didn't even think. Of, I didn't even do, that. do they still have the whole love it or hate it aspect to it, or does I don't, I don't just think so. I think there? that was just like so that that started in only 1996. You know that advertising campaign. Yeah, that's the most famous advertising. One of the most famous advertising campaigns of all time. The mm-hmm. you either love it or you hate it. That was the tagline for Marmite. Imagine if you're selling a product, you either love it or you hate it. That's brave. That's very brave. But yeah. it raised the visibility of it so much. Not that it needed raising. Uh, I'll get on to it later how it's basically like a British institution. But first, question four. Oh, We're still tied at 1-1. Right. When was Marmite, the company in England, that is, when was it formed? And no choices here. I just want the closest, uh, closest wins. Oh. 1893. And Matt? I'm saying... Uh, was it the company that we know as Marmite? Yeah. When was that from? I'll go earlier. 1870. 1902. Steve ah. gets it. Right noise buzz and give him the wrong noise buzzer. Ah, uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Ah, uh, but two one to Steve O. Right, this is the last question. To equalize, maybe or win. Equalize or win. I, I'm not gonna lie. If you equalize, I don't have a tiebreaker. You do it so. every time. No tiebreaker. Yeah, it sucks. Um, where was Marmite formed? The company that we know as Marmite. Uh, was it Camberwell Green in London, Aintree in Liverpool, or Burton upon Trent in Staffordshire? Uh, Go on, Steve. Burton upon Trent in Staffordshire. <sighs> Steve's got it. Oh, no, I got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Free one to Steve-O. Steve-O is the Marmite king, even though he doesn't like Marmite. Yeah. How did you know that? Well, you've got to know your enemy more than you. <laughs> what do you think? So it's a divisive thing, Marmite. A delicious divisive thing. steve has won the quiz. We can all delight in that. Your prize is another bite of the sandwich. No. <laughs> can I claim the prize? Yeah. Go for it. See, me and Matt love... Marmite sandwiches. But it seems a lot less English now, doesn't it? Mm. Invented by a German guy, named after a French thing. More popular in Australasia. Yeah, how about that? It's a worldwide phenomenon spread. It's spread all over the world. It's a spread that spread. It's a spready spread. Just like... To three countries. Shut up, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it's made from yeast extract. Uh, You know what that's a byproduct of? Yeast? Beer brewing. Yeah. Ah. So it's like, that's how he first figured it out, uh, Justus von Leiberg. 
trying, to, trying to make something out of it. Yeah, he was like, you can take all this stuff that you're wasting from brewing the beer and you can actually eat it, you know, and that's like how they, you know, Let's stuff. try and make it taste nice. Mm. So right. it's literally something we used to throw in the bin. And you spread it on your toast now. You're really not happy. I made you take a bite. A part <laughs> of what they used to make it, you belongs that, in the bin. Yeah, but that's because <laughs> they didn't know. It's delicious, though. So. 1912 was big for Marmite. That's the year they discovered vitamins. Really? <laughs> is that the you year made vitamins? It sound like they hadn't been discovered before. They hadn't. Oh, sorry, as in they didn't exist before. Oh no. <laughs> No, it existed. Vitamins have always existed, as far as I know. I don't know. Maybe they didn't exist well, yeah. until like the 1500s, and then God was just like, ah, vitamins. Like, a, might, like, a, like an update, like yeah. an update on your PS4 or something. <laughs> this will help you out, guys. Yeah, but anyway, 1912 humans found out about vitamins. <laughs> and did they start packing them into the? No, it turns oh, out. Or was it already full of like vitamin B? Vitamin B. Marmite is chock full of vitamin B. What, what else do you get that out? Is that the one that's in a lot of meats? And... Yeah, it is. Yeah, so... It is in a lot of meats and fish and things like that. Uh, and it was 1912 when they found this out. World War One wasn't far around the corner. Have you heard of beriberi? Beriberi. Beriberi. That horrible like disease like they used to get and it was like a deficiency of vitamin B was what partly caused it. It's when their bodies went all like weird and crooked and stuff. Okay, and they, like rickets or something. Yeah, like sort of like that. Um, so they started putting Marmite in all the ration packs for all the soldiers in World War One. You would have really hated just that. Just to add to the misery of the trenches. <laughs> it saved lives You'd in have the to 30s. eat it though I mean, for it your vitamin does, B. I mean, it does taste like medicine. Awful, but I suppose See, it's good for it's me. I hate, everyone seems to love cowpole. Everyone's like, oh, growing up, the best bit about being sick was getting cowpole. Nah. Kids I cowpole. always hated cowpole. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I, even like the proper sugar filled, filled ones. I hated it. I really didn't like cowpole. Let's take another sip of my beer. Yeah. I'm D- sorry. In disgust. In the 1930s, it saved lives. Marmite, literally. Uh, British scientist called Lucy Wills uh, used it to treat anemia. In, yes. bo- in Bombay mill workers and it worked it nice. worked yeah it sorted them out uh, in 1934 to 35 there was a big malaria outbreak in Sri Lanka and like people over there used Marmite to treat the malnutrition over Haven't there they suffered it, like, enough <laughs> uh, so yeah that's about all I've got for Marmite other than like I just tell you as well as Vegemite and New Zealand Mite or whatever you call it um, there's, I don't know quite how to pronounce this, Senovi, I think. Right. Uh, it's Swiss, C-E-N-O-V-I-S, Senovis, maybe, Senovis, Senovi, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but that's sir. like their version of Marmite. Uh, apparently it's not as strong, but it's like a bit of a different thing as well. They're more likely to use it in cooking, apparently. Oh, right. Um, although they, although they, do, they do have it on bread a lot as well. They do have it on bread a lot. I mean, you can use Marmite a hell of a lot in cooking. Put it in your chili, put it in your spag bowl. Marmite and cheese. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, listeners. If you in, enjoy in a, a nice toasty. cheese on toast or a cheese toasty, anything with melted cheese. Then don't up. put Marmite on it because you'll ruin it beyond repair. Don't listen to Elder Steve. <laughs> He's salty. He's salty from all the Marmite. If you're exactly. unsure. Exactly. I only had one bite. Imagine what it's going to do to you. Too much salt is bad for you. No, 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 no. It's delicious. It's Chock just the right amount. B and if you're unsure, cut the slice of toast in half and put it on half. Yeah. 
50-50. And don't put on massive globs, okay? Even when I when I put on massive globs and like it's like really thick on the bread, even I don't like it. It's a strong thing. You got to mix it in with the butter, okay? In moderation, like anything else. All right. So that's all about it for Marmite. I'll just leave you with the knowledge that there exists a couple, at least a couple that I know of, Marmite cocktails. All oh, right. One's just what? called simply Marmite cocktail. Right. And another one is called Marmite Gold Rush. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. That is all there is to know about Marmite, except if you haven't tried it, the taste itself. I implore you, go out to your nearest shop, or if you live abroad, your nearest specialist shop that sells English things. Buy Marmite. Buy Marmite. Go have a bath in it. Save yourselves <laughs> Can you imagine Marmite? getting enough? And I would, think. I would deter you from doing such a thing. Buy something nice to eat. Like an ice cream. Put Marmite on the ice cream. You definitely don't Imagine do Imagine Marmite that. ice cream. Oh, it would be so good. With oh, ice. Marmite. <laughs> right, well. Steve is so mad at me. We'll see you next week. Oh, God. Chamber, chamber of the elders. Marmite special. Chamber of the elders. Chamber of the elders. Alright, alright, alright. I'll get you for this, Joe.